Thanks for joining us on this week's Real Life Church Podcast. We'd love to know if God is using this ministry to bless you in some way. And if you'd like to share your story or know more about getting involved at Real Life Church, you can visit us on our website at livereallife.com today. Praise the Lord. Let's welcome everybody watching online this morning. Give them a big hand clap today. We're so glad that you're with us. And uh, today we're continuing our series called When We Pray, and we're taking that out of uh, Matthew chapter 6. He talks three times with, that, with that, uh, that statement, when you pray. And um, I'm talking today, we're going to talk about the second part uh, of, of, of this uh, series. And um, we talked last week about our Father, and we went into the names of God, and we started to just, we talked about the nine primary names of God, and hopefully this week you needed it. And uh, you were able just to call upon him and, and just worship him and, and uh, just tell him who he is and how good he is. And how many know you don't have to just need something? How many know you can just tell him how much you love him? See, that's how marriage works. You know that? You don't have to just tell him when you love him when you want something. Come on, you should tell him all the time. Come on, somebody. Come on, you should walk by her every once in a while in the kitchen and just hallelujah. Tell her how much you love her. And just, what's that do? That keeps the lines of communication open and, and she feels secure and it's how relationships work. And so you should do the same with the Lord. And so today I'm going to continue in Matthew chapter 6, verse number 9 through 13. I'm going to read out a different translation this week. I'm going to read out the New King James. And he says this, in this manner, or in this way, if you will, he says, therefore pray, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. So we talked about that last week. And then he says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts. And we learned last week that it wasn't until number four that we be really begin to ask about ourselves when he talks about provision. He says, and forgive us our debts and we forgive as we forgive our debtors and do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever." Amen. We're going to focus on verse number 10 where he says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And we're going to talk about expanding his kingdom through prayer. Matthew 6, 10, again, in the, in the Passion Translation, I love this. He says, manifest your kingdom realm. Again, he's praying. And what we learned last week, for those of you who weren't here, that the rabbis would write little snippets of prayer and they would give it to their followers so they could pray throughout the day. And this was one of those uh, prayers, was the, the Lord's Prayer. And the Lord's Prayer, again, it's not just necessarily praying it verbatim as much as it is. It's a blueprint. It's a launching pad to get you started when it comes to prayer. And so he says in uh, verse number 10 in the Passion, he says, manifest your kingdom realm and cause your every purpose to be, filled on, be fulfilled on earth just as it is in heaven. Isn't that a great passage? Like, God, God, we want you to manifest your kingdom realm and cause your every purpose to be fulfilled on earth just as it is in heaven. So we're going to talk about the primary message of Jesus today. You have to understand, his primary message was the kingdom of God. It wasn't the church. It wasn't about the church. He didn't talk much about the church, but he did talk about the kingdom of God and he talked about the kingdom of heaven. Now the kingdom of heaven, the terminology in the Hebrew, I'm not going to try to say it because it's, it's a word I can't say. And so I'm just going to put it up there for you. The first word, it, let me just try it. Uh, there we go. Let's do that. Just make it up as you go, right? Muckle, muckle. 
And it means the actions of a king, his reign and authority, again, the kingdom of heaven, it's, it's the actions of a king, it's the behavior of a king is the word kingdom. It's another way of saying this is how God does stuff. This is how God does things. And then the second word is the word shamanamashana. <laughs> Woo! And it means this. It means, it means, it means heaven. It means always refers to God. Listen to this. Not to a place. In other words, heaven is wherever God is. So he's saying the kingdom of heaven is God's way of doing things, and that heaven is wherever God's at, is the kingdom of heaven. So the kingdom of heaven is this. Wherever God is ruling and reigning, the kingdom is God's way of doing things. And so when we think about the kingdom, Luke chapter 17, where is the kingdom? Is it some mystical place in the sky? Is it, is it, is it, is it just heaven? What is it? What is the kingdom of God? I want, and where is it? Where is the kingdom of God? Jesus' message was about the kingdom. Luke chapter 17, verse 20 and 21 says this. One day the Pharisees asked Jesus, when will the kingdom of God come? And Jesus replied, the kingdom of God can't be detected by visible signs. He says, you won't be able to say, here it is, or it's over there. Listen to this. For the kingdom of God is already among you. Now that word, when he's speaking, he's speaking of himself, but he goes on later to say, if you translate that word among you, it literally means within you. It means within your grasp, if you will. So the kingdom of heaven is not some place uh, uh, in heaven. It is God's way of doing things on the earth so that it's, not, it's, it's, it's God using his people to come to earth to manifest heaven on the earth. And so he says the kingdom of God is already within you. So in other words, you have the capacity to do what God does. Let me say it again. Let me back up out of that just for a minute. Come on, this ain't, this ain't, this ain't, a, uh, this ain't a bottle this morning. I'm not going to give you some milk today. Come on, we're going filet mignon. Come on, somebody. Anybody like rare steak? Do you? That's weird. I like it to be dead. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't want it accidentally and be like, moo, when I go to fork it. You know what I'm saying? Anyway, but the point is, is today we're going to get a little bit deeper into this, and I want you to think about kingdom. When it comes to kingdom, I wrote some things down about the kingdom, and here's what you have to understand is the kingdom of God has a culture, and just like we have a culture in our church, you go to different restaurants, there is a culture, and the kingdom of God has a culture that distinguishes us from the world. See, because we're not supposed to blend in, we're not supposed to look like the world, we're supposed to stand out. And that word distinguishes means recognize as different. So when we say that the kingdom of heaven is within us, what God's trying to communicate is that you should look different. You should act different. You should talk different. You should give different. You should serve different. You should worship different. Why? Because if the kingdom of God really is, that's the culture that distinguishes us as something different. See, church culture and kingdom culture are two different things. We have a culture here at our church. We have values by which we run our church. We want things to be done with excellence. We want things to be done with passion. We want Jesus to be the point. We want, we want people to be our purpose. Man, we want this our region. This region is our responsibility. We have a culture here at our church. When you come in, hopefully it's friendly. Come on, we don't want a bunch of uh, uh, pickle suckers out there. Come on. When you come in, we don't, welcome to church on Sunday. Here we are. No, man. 
We want a culture of friendliness. Why? Because there's lost people that we don't want to put a wall up for them to get over that wall because they can't get over you. Praise the Lord. There's a little lesson for first impressions. There you go, everybody. Smile away. But the point is, is that creates a culture. The people are friendly. When you're friendly, it creates a culture. We've talked about this before. There's a different culture between certain restaurants and certain restaurants. That's all there is to it. And how many know when you go to certain restaurants, they just, if, if the, the environment's magnetic and you've had a great experience, how many know you're going to return? Nobody has to call you. Nobody has to follow up with you, right? I've never got a call. And I'm going to use my reference as I always do on Sunday, Chick-fil-A. Never had a, never had a phone call. Never went through the drive-through and then them call me on the phone. Hey, hey, how was your experience with Chick-fil-A today? Nobody ever had to do that. Why? Because my teeth slid into that chicken sandwich. And when it slid into that chicken sandwich along with somebody else saying, how may I serve you today? I'm like, I'm coming back here to this place. Now, there's other places they are just like, hey, what can we do for you? What would you like today? And then you bite into their chicken and it ain't even done. Come on, somebody. The point is it creates culture. People that create culture, there's a culture. The kingdom has a culture. There's various church cultures, but listen, and I'm trying to distinguish for you to understand when he's talking about the kingdom, he's not talking about church. Because church, again, is not a place, it's a people. He's talking about God, the kingdom, is what you're in. It's how, it's how God operates, right? And you find the rules of the kingdom and the laws of the kingdom in God's word. So if you can learn to do God's word, you can walk in God's kingdom. I'm helping you this morning. So the kingdom of God has a culture. The church has a culture. But listen, you can change church cultures, but you can't change kingdom culture. It, it can't be changed. It's fixed. It's, it's fixed by him. He's the one in charge of it. You have to understand that in a kingdom, culture is defined by a king. So when you think about the kingdom of God, it's defined by a king. And again, the king himself is the culture of the kingdom. So if you want to know how the kingdom looks, look at the king. So if you look at the king in the word, then you'll know how it begins to operate. That's why he says, love your neighbor. That's a kingdom principle, not just because you feel like it. So if you want to, you want to know how to, how to operate in the kingdom, and then Jesus said, love your neighbor as yourself. That's a kingdom principle. So if you see him do it, then you do it. If you see him do it and you do it, then you start walking in the kingdom or God's way of doing things. Boy, I'm, boy, I'm, I'm getting myself happy this morning. I don't know about you, but that's all right. I'll preach to myself. I need it. Number two is in a kingdom, the culture is set by the laws. Again, the laws, the king sets the laws, and that's the code of conduct, if you will. It's how you behave. Right? And so that's a kingdom. That's the word. There's a law. There's a, there's a way of behavior. Then how many know you can't, in a kingdom, you don't tell the king how you're supposed to act? You take your cues from the king, because if not, what happens in a kingdom? I'm going to act any old way I want. Fill off with your head, young man. Gone. Right? You don't live long in a kingdom when that happens. You can't experience the blessing of a kingdom if you constantly fight the king. We adapt to the kingdom culture. We adapt to the kingdom culture. Again, you can't change the kingdom. Listen, and the kingdom of God is not shifting for you. It's not shifting for culture. It's not shifting for the economy. It's not shifting for inflation. It's not shifting that your grocery bill's so high. It's not shifting for the interest rates. It's not shifting for any of it. It's stable. It will not move, and it's unshakable. And he says it's in here which means you are unshakable, 
When you walk in the kingdom, you're unshakable. It doesn't matter what's happening in the world. If you understand the king lives on the inside, you start operating in the kingdom and the king and take your cues from him, you're unshakable. It doesn't matter what comes your way. Jesus is teaching us in this passage, teaching us to pray that here would look like there. He's praying and saying, you need to pray that the activity of heaven would manifest on the earth. And what God is saying, here's, let me put it practically to you. There's a gap between here and there. There's a gap between what he wants to happen in the world and what is actually happening. How many know there's a gap? So what prayer does is he gives us permission, permission in prayer to close the gap. So that's where you get the word intercessor. You stand between what is and what could be, and you take God's word in the kingdom, and you pray, and you bring it together. The kingdom of heaven. When we're praying your kingdom come, we're praying God's desires would begin to move toward and invade the earth. Like, Pastor, can this really happen? Absolutely. There's, there's a desire of heaven that would begin to move toward and invade the earth when the people begin to pray. There are issues our nation's facing today. Listen, he spared the nation during Moses' day. And there was only a few of them left. And, but Moses stood and he began to, to pray. He began to seek God. Would you not spare the nation? Would you? It was Moses, Abraham, Moses, one of those dudes, one of those guys with beards. They begin, to, they begin to intercede for the nation, and God spared the nation. They did not complain about the nation. They begin to intercede for the nation and brought heaven to earth, and God spared the nation. Here's my, here's my cue for you. If you stop complaining about what's going on and start praying about what's going on, you'll begin to close the gap of what's going on. We're praying that anything that is standing in the way of the kingdom of God would bow its knee. And guess what, I got great news for you, you ready? It's gonna be revelation, but it's coming your way. Most of the time, the number one thing standing in the way of the kingdom of God is us. Because there is a fight between our kingdom and his kingdom. Reality is, is I have a kingdom that wants to come to earth as well. There, there's a desire in my way of doing things that wants to manifest. Nobody can tell me what to do, Pastor. I'm my own man. Are you? Are you your own man? There's going to be a day where you're, that thought's going to go away. And you're going to be like, this is the King of kings and the Lord of lords that I should have served and walked in his kingdom my entire life and given my life and my family and my community to him. And I decided not to do that because I'm my own man. No, we have a kingdom in, within us. We have a flesh that is the kingdom of this flesh. And it wants to rule us. Look, two things. I got two things that I know are completely true. The first one is God's kingdom is better than mine. Come on, how many of you would agree today? The kingdom of God is better than mine. Isaiah 55, 8 and 9 says, For my thoughts are not my thoughts. Neither are my ways or your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher. See, he's talking about the kingdom. He says, my ways are higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. He's saying, listen, if you want to walk in the kingdom, you have to understand you can't walk in your kingdom. You have to submit your kingdom to his kingdom. 
And therefore, you'll be able to walk in a higher way, a better way, a greater way, because you submit your life to the higher way, which is Jesus and his kingdom. The second thing, I'm tempted every day. When you get up in the morning, all of us were tempted every day to exalt our kingdom over his. Every single day. Come on, you know it's true. You can't even go somewhere without somebody. I can't even get the angle right. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, get my ear in it. You know, that's all I got. We're a selfie-driven generation. We're a me-driven generation. Everything's about us. But we want the benefits of having a relationship with God, but we don't want to surrender to him. Instead, we want to continue to take pictures of ourselves, and in theory, if you will. We continue to live with this me mentality, and it's about what I want to do with my life. Do you realize that's completely unbiblical? Like, when, when we talk about serving, for example, let me just talk about serving for just a minute. When we talk about serving, you know that's a non-negotiable for your life? It's a non-negotiable. You're not better than Jesus. Jesus said, my sole purpose for coming to the earth was to serve humanity. So if we're not better than Jesus, and he took the lowest point of serving, like, serving's not an argument. It's not like, well, I just got to figure out what I'm going to do with my... no. Serving is, I'm in. Whatever you want me to do, I'll do whatever, right? Because it's, it's a non-negotiable. It, listen, again, it, it ha, it, it's about what I want to do with my life. There's a tension. There's a struggle. That's why he wants us to pray this way. We, listen, we live our, our life, our right, rebellion, and still expect our prayers to get answered. Can I tell you today, it will, they will not be answered. Well, pastor, you're doom and gloom today. No, I'm just telling you the truth. And I don't know what you've been told in the past. You can't live any way you want. Luke 6, 38 says, you that want to follow me must deny yourself and take up your cross daily and follow me. There's no way God honors prayer from somebody that's not willing to submit to his kingdom way. It just doesn't work. You can't just live in disobedience and expect God to bless you. It just doesn't work that way. Again, you don't dictate what the king does with your life. You're trying to dictate your life. You want to be the king. You want to be the king of your life. Therefore, you dictate your life. Listen, we don't, we don't, we, that's not what this prayer is about. We don't pray, my kingdom come and my will be done. It's the kingdom come, it's his kingdom come, and his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And before we pray the kingdom of God to rule and reign out there, and what God wants to do through our life, we need to start to pray that God's kingdom would rule and reign in here. That we would get it in here, that he would rule and reign in here. So how do we pray your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven? Or how do we invite the culture of the kingdom into our lives? How do we pray this way where we start to operate in the kingdom? Number one is this, you gotta be a kingdom person. And to be a kingdom person, you must have a kingdom mentality. You must have a kingdom mentality. See, a kingdom mentality is a framework that allows us to see things from God's point of view. When we start to take our worldview from the scripture and not from other places, we can start to develop a worldview that's kingdom-minded that allows us to operate within the kingdom like God wants us to operate. 
So as we, listen, as we navigate the good and the bad as the successes and failures, pains and triumphs in our lives, we need to develop the eyes and heart to see, to think and respond from his perspective. So we have to be a kingdom person. See, John 3.30 says this, he must increase, but I must decrease. Mark 14, 36 says, Abba, Father, he cried out, everything is possible for you. Please take the cup of suffering away from me. This is Jesus in the garden. But he says, yet I want your will to be done, not mine. In other words, he says, not my will to be done, but your will to be done. You know, this is a prayer of submission in your life. When you get up in the morning, you say, God, it's not my will. It's your will be done. I'm just an ambassador. I'm just somebody representing your kingdom today. And I want to do things according to your kingdom. And if your kingdom and your word, which is the word, you get the rules of the kingdom from the word. And how to obey in the kingdom is from the word. So you get in the word and you say, God, I want to live according to the word. And when I live according to the word of God, then I operate in the kingdom of God. And therefore, I'll have the kingdom benefits that God has within his kingdom. He says, not my will, but your will be done. I wonder, I wonder this, I'm going to say this and and I'm going to try to say it in a way that makes sense. I wonder what we're missing by not submitting. Think about it for just a minute. What do you think you're missing in life right now because you haven't submitted to the will of God? See, to be a kingdom person is I'm laying my will down. It's not my will be done. It's his will to be done. And listen, I believe this is the most powerful yet painful prayer you can pray every day. Because you're going to go from God, not my will to be done, to your kingdom of the flesh like, and it's going to fight you and wrestle with you and want its way. And it's going to be like, you're not going to win. You know, it's like, it's not going to happen because I'm going to walk in the courting of the kingdom. Listen, it's, it, this is, listen, again, when you think of kingdom, this is not a democracy. We're not bringing the pros and cons onto the table before God. It is a kingdom run by a king, therefore we bow our will to his. He is either Lord over all or not Lord at all. When it comes to being a kingdom person, As a kingdom person, we don't get to pick and choose what the king is over in our life. Oh, now we're getting into it. Like, I can't just take a portion of my life and be like, okay, I give you Sundays, there you go, there's your Sundays. You know, I'm not going to tithe, but I will tip. Come on, somebody. Like, I'll I'll give a little bit, like, but you can't get in there. No, you're not going to be the king there. My thought patterns, what I'm looking at on the internet I believe God's going to call the church back to a place of holiness, whether we like it or not. Sanctification again, it's a big word. Sanctify means turn the fire up and get all the impurities out of us so we can be a light for Jesus. We got too many bushels over our lights. It's called sin. God wants us to take that off and he wants us to operate in his kingdom. So I want to encourage you today that, that, listen, he's either, as a kingdom person, we don't pick and choose what he's over. Servants, again, don't tell kings how to operate their kingdom. This story that God is writing right now in your life is not about you. The story started before you got here and the story will continue when you're gone. Therefore, we're not to be the main character in this story called life. We're just the supporting characters of God's story. 
We're just those that support God's story. Why we're here, 80, 100 years, however long you plan on being here. Therefore, it's not our kingdom, it's his kingdom. So when his kingdom comes, it begins to form the character of the king on the inside of us. When his kingdom comes in our life, and so here's the character of the kingdom, Galatians chapter 5, verse 19 through 23. He says, when you follow the desires of the sinful nature or your kingdom, the results are very clear, sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. So he keeps going. He says, this is your kingdom that you operate in. But he says this, he says, let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit, listen to what he says, the kingdom of God. If you live that way, you can't operate in God's way is what he's communicating. Then he starts to tell you what God's kingdom looks like. He says, but the Holy Spirit, which is the manifester of the kingdom, produces this kind of fruit in our life. He says, you'll start to walk in love. You'll start to be joyful. Joyful. You'll start to be peaceful. You'll start to be patient. Hallelujah. You'll start to walk in kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. So if you're not walking in that fruit, you're walking in your own kingdom. Number two, he wants you to be a kingdom person, but then he also wants you to walk in kingdom purpose. Not only a person of the kingdom, but purpose. We're all born on purpose, for a purpose, and with a purpose. You have a purpose in this kingdom. Ephesians 1.11 says this, it is, it is in Christ that we find out who we are. Listen to me, young person. You ain't got to ask your friends who you are. You ain't got to ask culture who you are. You don't have to ask any of it. You don't have to take your cues from culture whether or not you're male or female, whether what you're supposed to be in this world, he said, listen to what he says. He says that it is in Christ that we find out who we're supposed to be. So if you just look at Jesus, he'll tell you who you're supposed to be. And what we're living for, there's the purpose. He says, long before we first heard of Christ and got our hopes up, we had his, he had his eye on us. Aren't you thankful? Long before you ever thought of him, he was thinking of you. He said, had designs on us for glorious living. He wants you to live gloriously. And then he says, part of the overall purpose he is working out in everything and everyone. There is a kingdom purpose. Kingdom purpose is this, is embracing your value, your identity and calling as a masterpiece created by the king. That's who you are. You're not some broke down, busted and disgusted kind of person. Come on, you ain't a crack." Pot, amen. <laughs> Some of you, amen. Listen, that's not who you are. You're a masterpiece created by the king. He goes and he paints your life on this canvas and it's beautiful and that's what he's called you to be. You have a purpose in this kingdom. Listen, we need to pray, God, I want your purpose for my life to come to pass more than I want my purpose for my life to come to pass. I want your purpose in my life to come to pass more than I want whew, my purpose. I was thinking about this yesterday. We were driving in the car last night. We had to go to Walmart. Praise the Lord. Amen. Speaking of fruit of the Spirit, anyway. 
There's sometimes I go in there, and I just wear like, I one, one year I went in, I had, I had basketball shorts on and work boots. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Come on, just walking through. Here I am. Here I come. Listen, we went there last night on the way home. I was just, I got overwhelmed with emotion thinking about you, thinking about our church, and asking my wife, how did I get here? Like, how in the world did I end up being a lead pastor, starting a church from nothing, going into, going into ministry as it is? How, in the, how did this happen? And why did it happen? No, I'm just kidding. Like, how, how did this happen? And I was just reflecting, thinking through. I've been doing this for 27 years. Most guys last about three years in this thing. I started to think, I started like, God, how did this, this how, how did I, I wanted to be a chef, Jesus. I really wanted to be a taste tester, praise the Lord. <laughs> Not really a chef. Praise the Lord, I'll let Waldman cook and I'll try it, amen. But it just, it was so amazing that looking back and going, this is your purpose. Because what I came from would have never identified with where I am, if that makes sense. My past didn't tell me what my purpose was supposed to be. Jesus had to tell me what my purpose was. And when he started to tell me who my purpose was, then I get on this side, I'm going, Lord, how'd I get here? It's his purpose. And it's praying every day. Your will. He says in Matthew 6.10, manifest your kingdom realm and cause your every purpose to be fulfilled on earth just as it is in heaven. Are you walking in your kingdom purpose? And number three, I'll close with this. We pray to expand his kingdom to operate in kingdom power. This is the expansion of the kingdom. Luke chapter 10, verse number nine says, heal the sick who are there and tell them the kingdom of God has come near to you. How to pray to establish the kingdom of power in our life. We're a kingdom person driven with a kingdom purpose, operating in kingdom power and authority. How do we pray? We pray for boldness in our faith that we wouldn't be timid when it comes to living for the king. And we say, God, if it's truly not my will, I got no problem sharing you with the waitress. If it's truly not my will, and it's your will being done, and I've submitted my life to you, and I take my orders from the king, I pray for those that are sick. I pray for boldness in my faith. I pray for power through my life. We pray, for, we pray for revival in the church. I was looking at websites this week because me and Sarah were talking about renovating ours again. I'm always changing stuff. She loves it. But I was going through these websites, 100 bus websites or whatever, and I got to this one church. 
And the opening video was the final chapter. And it was a pastor and his wife on a video telling the church that at the end of 2023, we're closing the doors. COVID had taken their church and destroyed it. There's hundreds, thousands of pastors and churches that have shut their doors since 2020. The enemy loves it. Then what he did was he stuck us in isolation, told us to disconnect from corporate body. And now that that's over, people are still there. So we pray that the church would be revived. We pray for awakening in the nation. Listen, we have to obey. This is what the Lord shared with me about this moment. Sorry, I'm overtaken by just thinking. We have to obey and sometimes become the answer to our own prayer. We're praying, God, fill my life with faith, fill my life and power through my life and revival in the church and awakening in the church. And that's great and we do need to pray that. But what about you? Are you revived? Are you praying for the nation? Are, are, are you asking God to do mighty works through your life? Are you, are you walking in boldness in your faith? See, we have to not just pray the prayer, but we have to become the answer to that prayer. We have, to come, we have to become a church that's the example of what revival looks like. I'm not talking about 90 days of, of seeking God's face. I'm talking about I wake up in the morning with a kingdom perspective and my heart's on fire for Jesus because I spent time with the king and anybody that gets in my way is a candidate for the kingdom of heaven. That's what I'm talking about. Like we don't need to do 90 meetings to get on fire. Just go to one meeting and it's called your prayer closet. He'll meet you there. He'll talk to you there. He'll revive you there. He'll give you boldness there. And when you come out of there, you're going to look like Clark Kent coming out of that Superman. Come on, somebody. It's the kingdom. Paul said it this way, First. Corinthians 2, 3, and 5, I came to you in weakness, timid and trembling. He said, and my message and my preaching were very plain. Rather than using clever and persuasive speeches, I relied only on the power of the Holy Spirit. I did this so that you would trust not in human wisdom, but in the power of God. Expanding the kingdom of God to reach those that are lost is not because you can convince them well. It's because you have the power of God flowing through your life to the point that they want what you got. Not just, oh, I can read the Romans and take them through Romans and hopefully they say a prayer and at the end of it. No, I'm talking about a powerful life example that draws them into the kingdom. I'll close with this scripture, 1 John 4, 17. Love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment because as he is, listen to me, as he is, as his kingdom is, so are we in this world. So are we in this world? 
That's how the that's how the kingdom is expanded. We become a kingdom purpose, a person that has a kingdom purpose that walks in kingdom power because the, what's the world need? It don't need no more Jason. It don't need Jason's kingdom. The expansion of God's kingdom where we're closing the gap and we're becoming the answer to our prayers is when all of a sudden Jason's will lays down and the kingdom of God's will is picked up and now all of a sudden we are as he is in this world. We're no longer judgmental. We're no longer filled with strife. We're no longer dealing with division. We're no longer fighting in hatred and division over stupid stuff. We are now unified as the body of Christ, knowing that that's what the world needs to see. You shall know them by their love for one another. What's he saying? Love is the the number one characteristic of this kingdom. He says, because as he is, he is, so are we in this world. This is what it means to pray your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. If you need Jesus this morning and you've never made him the Lord of your life today and he's not the King of kings and the Lord of lords, we do me a favor? I want to pray for you. We raise up your hand. I just want to pray for you. If anybody in this room says, I want Jesus to be the Lord of my life today. Anybody at all, raise your hands. I need Jesus to be the Lord of my life. I've never made Jesus the Lord of my life today. Okay. Let this be the last day on a Sunday where somebody in this room doesn't say yes to Jesus Christ. You're like, Pastor, what are you talking about? I'm talking about if you're really playing kingdom come, that means you're bringing lost people through the door. That means you've been ministering to them all week, getting them ready for their moment. That, mean, that means you've been praying for them. You've been reaching out for, to them. You've been, you've been, you've been going, why? Because you have a kingdom purpose. So I want to pray this over you today. Let's all stand this morning. I just want you to raise your hands to heaven. You guys can come out. Just raise your hands to heaven and talk to him. And we're just going to pray these three things over you, and then we'll be dismissed. But tomorrow morning when you wake up on Monday, I want you to say, God, it's not my will, but your will be done. If you have to re-listen this message five times, take the notes. I want to be a kingdom person that walks in kingdom purpose, that walks in kingdom power, that as he is in this earth, I want to be just like he is in this world. As he walked, as he loved, as he blessed, as he gave, as he served, that's how I want to be. So Father, I pray this over your people today. You said for us to pray for boldness over your church. You said to pray for revival over your church. You said to pray that they would operate in power. Lord, I pray today, Lord, that they would become kingdom people, that they would have a kingdom mentality. They would would not walk in the kingdom of themselves and the kingdom of their flesh, but they would walk according to the kingdom of God. That Lord, it's your way of doing things in this next season. We've tried all we know to do, but it's your way to do it. Lord, it's your kingdom. It's your way of doing it. So, Lord, we rely upon that kingdom. We want to be kingdom people that have a submitted will to you, Lord. And I pray over our people today. I pray, Lord, that you would operate, that we would operate as a kingdom person with a kingdom mentality, walking with a kingdom culture. And out of that kingdom person and kingdom mentality would come a purpose. That, Lord, you would tell us what we're here for. That, Lord, we'd be able to know exactly what you've called us to do. That, Lord God, as we walk in the purpose and the plan of our Heavenly Father, that, Lord... 
We're praying your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And Lord, we pray today that in the name of Jesus, that you would also give us Holy Spirit kingdom power, that we would walk in kingdom power. And Lord, that we would have power to move mountains in our prayer time, that we'd have power to bring heaven and earth together, that Lord, we would pray your kingdom come and your will be done and we would see you move in the earth. And so today, it's by the name of Jesus that we pray and we thank you today for the expansion of your kingdom that we may be as you are in this earth. Forgive us for not presenting you like we should, not presenting you and living like we should that would present you. Lord, I pray today that in the name of Jesus, Lord, that we would repent of our sin. We would repent of those, of those moments, Lord. And I just ask today, God, that as we pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Father, I pray over your people today. I thank you for what you're doing in their lives today, Lord. I pray that we would walk in the name of Jesus. We would walk in kingdom purpose and be a kingdom people. Your will be done, Lord. Your kingdom come in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's give the Lord a big hand clap of praise today. Thanks again for listening to our podcast. Be sure to connect with us on social media, the RLC app, and online at livereallife.com.